Hi, friends, and welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparansky. Our special guest today is Michael Spade. I think of Michael as the person who brought integral theory into agile product development and into working with teams. And uh, I, I, I know he's going to tell us more about that. He's always pushing the edge, and we're going to learn a whole lot more from Michael today. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. Hey, Michael, thank you so much for being here today. Hello, Richard. Thank, thank you for having me. I appreciate your invitation and the chance to sit down like this. It's a pleasure. Every, every time I have a chance to chat with you, it's, 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 it's awesome. It's mind expanding for me. Is there anything else you would add on to that intro? Anything else that, uh, that, that we should know about you? Well, I, um, uh, I, I founded the Agile Coaching Institute with Lisa Atkins in 2010, as, as most people know. And, um, I finished, uh, uh, the book Agile Transformation that I was writing for eight years and, 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 uh, uh, my co-author Michelle Dorr, um, uh, really helped in that. And, um, and we started a company together and, uh, and then more recently I've started the uh, collective edge and, um, that, that feels like it's going to be, you know, I'm in the age range where I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to start another company, um, where, you know, this is the last, this is the last opus. Um, so I want it to be, I want it to be good and I want it to be you know, part of my legacy and, um, uh, you know, the, the mark that I've tried to make on the world. All right. So the collective edge, I was just looking at the website. It looks really cool. We're definitely going to hear more about it. Uh, and you just, you just listed, uh, at least three teams that you've been part of. This is the podcast about teams. And we ask every guest about the best team they've ever been a member of, of their life. And when we say team, uh, I, I often use a really generalized definition of team. Any group of two or more people you've, you've, uh, that have a shared goal. This could be a work team. This, doesn't, this could be a non-work team. Any kind of group of two or more people with shared goals. What's the best one of your life? Well, I, I was thinking about this, Richard, and... Um... Uh, I, I don't. I don't know that I could pick the the quote best team. It's, it's not how the world occurs for me. But um, I did think of three um, very strongly. And, and one of them, the first one, the first real team I would call it. Uh, you know, best team. I don't know, but best team at the time actually um, was uh, back in the mid '90s, and it was uh, uh, we were working in a really big telecom and and in a. Um, uh, trying to, to get records, uh, drawings of buildings and stuff that they had, they had thousands of buildings. So it was a lot of stuff and get them all available electronically, basically to, you know, to their architects and, you know, their, their building planners. And this was a group of five people and we just really gelled in just this really beautiful way. And, and the, perhaps the single most important thing I learned from this group was that, um, one, everybody's contribution on a team is decidedly not equal. I mean, there's, there's a, we, we have this harmony thing that we want to act like everybody's, you know, has an equal contribution. And that's just ridiculous. That's just almost never true. But at the same time, everybody's fulfilling their piece 
was critical. So it's not like you can have slackers on a real team. Like they're, they're you know, I, 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 you know, one of the people was, was, you know, did a sort of a different kind of a function, but that function was for, for her to, to rise up to what, to her own capability was like critical. And, and it, and it sort of supercharged the team for everybody to be doing their best, even though that was not the same or at all. It was different. That, that would, that definitely left an impression on me. Um, the, the second team, uh, I thought of was at Adra Coaching Institute. Um, and, you know, Lisa and I were, were the, were the core of that, but we added Michael Hammond and, uh, Leslie Riley and, and, uh, David Chilcott and, um, Cynthia Lloyd Darst, a couple number of other people. And we just had a, um, we had a simpatico with each other in a flow. We could finish each other's sentences. I mean, we did that regularly in, in teaching and we made a really big impact. I feel like, you know, on the agile coaching world. And it was, it was from some kind of, I don't know what to call it. It was some kind of stickiness or some kind of, um, we were aligned around a purpose and, uh, and, and we, we had tremendous fun, uh, doing that. It was, it was a real joy. And, and the third one is, um, uh, me and my, my COO of, uh, the collective edge, Marie Murtaugh. And, um, you know, I've never had a, 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 a partnership where somebody could completely get past my defenses, like just bypass them um, and tell me, you know, all the honest things without me feeling defensive about it, particularly. I mean, I feel resistant sometimes, but, um, uh, you know, there's just an honesty and a, a you know, a straightforwardness about, you know, I can be a, a very... Um, uh, strong-willed and persuasive person. And it's, it's easy to, um, uh, get bowled over by that. And Marie doesn't do that, uh, you know, but, but, and, and she respects me at the same time. So there's this, there's this, um, uh, kind of, you know, this, I don't know what to call it exactly. There's this flow or this, this interdependency. Um, yeah, that's just really cool. All right. So three, best teams ever uh this team from the 90s the agile coaching institute team and the team you're part of right now at the new company uh i don't know if you want to pick one of those teams or take the three of them in aggregate what what one word would you use to describe best team of your life you know, like if you if you if you meditate on meditated on it if you really felt these teams or one of those teams within yourself what would the one word be that describes the sensation of that best team? Well, I haven't thought about this before, but what just came up when you asked that was destiny. Destiny. What a cool word. What do you mean? Well, when you, mm, the, the way I would uh, uh, come, talk about it is, is most people in, in the earlier part of their life, they, um, they follow their conditioning and their, social upbringing and their ego in some sense, not, not ego in a particularly negative sense, but in, in, you know, the, the story that we create about ourselves. Right. And, and as we get older, many of us, not all of us surrender more to like what the world wants of us. 
not not what our ego wants or you know whatever but like what does the world actually want from us what does the life force want from us and that's surrendering to our destiny and and so there's a um there's something about that with with teams that you know to be really great there has to be some kind of destiny together not just a random mix of people somehow all right i i, I love this i'm gonna i'm gonna learn something about myself during, during <laughs> me, me too i'm gonna learn something about myself <laughs> I, I, never, I, I wouldn't have thought i would have said that but sorry sorry go ahead. This, this has been on my mind because uh right now i'm thinking about and thinking about my my little my little boutique training consulting company and somebody's asking me to do something else and somebody else is asking me to do something else and you know wife is kind of nudging me to do one of these things and i'm definitely resisting i you know there's there's my ego blocking in in the way i'm not i'm not sure where we're heading i'm not sure what destiny is going to bring me yeah yeah it's a it's a um it's a developmental progression, you know, that we talk about a lot from, from being socialized mind. What Bob Keegan talks about of developmental psychologist is, is socialized mind or, um, authored by other that other are conditioning authors us or, or creates who we are. Right. And then we, pr we progress to self authoring mind, which is authored by self. And then, some of us progress it's, it's 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 more rare but but can progress to just being authored or i i say authored by spirit where it's not i mean that's the destiny right that's surrendering to the destiny it's like you know why why should i think that my tiny little ego is the most important thing to decide how i do stuff it's not that i'm not i'm not following a compass it's not it's not like i'm you know, letting the winds buffet me. That's not it at all. It's, 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 there's some though pull that's being used well. Yeah. I love that. This is, this is also what I love about chatting with you. Uh, cause it, it's, a we're talking about some, some, some deeper ideas than, you know, like, <laughs> Like, what's your scrum team's velocity? Right. <laughs> these, these are, these, this is really just, <laughs> It's not those are not critical, perhaps, but, um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not, yeah. Not this is a little different, say. right? <laughs> um, I don't know if we, I, I want to talk more about this idea of destiny. Uh, where, where does, where does, how, how does destiny well, happen? Where does it come from? How, well, how, for, how, does, for it, me, how does it find me? How does it find you? Is this like the idea of, of Dharma or is this, is this, yeah, right? is it yeah. it's like that. I, I, I get it. I think most, um, purely from, uh, doing systemic constellations and that whole methodology, which is, you know, setting up a living image of a system, a family, a team, an organization, and you have people represent different roles or different elements in it. And there's a, well, you, you, you acknowledge what's true in the system. There's basically two steps in the way I do it. You acknowledge what's true in the system. There's a, there's an impasse between these two forces in the system. They're at odds or they're not paying attention or they're not <clears throat> in alignment at all. They're in conflict. And then there's a natural movement in a system to, to health, to reorganization. It's actually not 
it's not scripted or it's not it, it's and, and there's there's just this sense in constellations and you know there's there's thousands of practitioners some really great teachers and there's just a sense that <clears throat> when you really work with a system deeply sorry i'm going a field here but um like uh, uh i can't remember the woman's name she used to be the editor of the harvard business review uh said that that trying to change a system is like dancing with an elephant right i mean i mean you're not going to win <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at best you can influence. So if you if you find it's like finding the Tao of a given system, you know what's the what's the natural path that it wants to go, and how can you help expose that? You don't do anything. You mainly you get out of the way. So that philosophy for me is is, uh, and they use the word destiny certainly sometimes. Um, that, 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 that there's something, you know, in who you are uniquely and, and who your ancestors were. And um, there's just being in harmony with that or not. It's fighting that. It's allowing the life force to flow through you or, or it's blocking it. Right. All right. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. And I want, I want to keep going. <laughs> these, uh, one, one of these three best teams or, or, all three of them in, ag in, in aggregate. How, sub subjectively, how do you how do you know these were great teams? What, what are some uh, I don't know, quali qualities of these the, teams? Well, that, um, that uh, the the passion that I felt in relationship to them, the passion I felt from other people, um, the dedication to holding an objective. There's something transcendent about being on a real team, right? When you're when you're on a uh, a blocked team or, or whatever, it can be really unfun and, and you, you feel stifled, right? When, when you're on a real team, you might feel really challenged or, or it, it might be tough at times, but um, you feel held together by a purpose of some kind, right? You, I mean, and, and, you, and you all, and you're willing to um, let go of some of your own preferences in service of that purpose, you know, again, a kind of surrender to a transcendence to, to, a you know, a higher level whole on from individual to a, a, a team whole on, um, to, to like, let the, the, the force of that, the spirit of that, um, guide. And there, and there's something that's just for me, it's sublime. Um, <clears throat> uh, when, when people do that together, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a magical thing. You can, you know, I, I, I've asked, uh, when I've taught about teams in classes, you know, I've, I've asked people a similar question to you, you know, who's been on a, I, I put it as who's been on a real team and, and just ask them to describe like a few, you know, just what you're doing, a few, uh, attributes or whatever. And you can feel them light up, right? Whatever they say, like, like they, they, they come up, so to speak. They're 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 not, you know, they're they're not dead or or uh, or or just telling a story or something. Yeah, it's like, what was the best team? And tell me about your best team. And it's like, yeah. blah 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 blah. But what you see them communicating is, I was alive and yeah, I'm alive yes, again. As yes, talking about yes, it, I'm yes, totally animated, yes. reanimated re in that in that exactly. in that sense of uh, I don't know what the Latin root is, but anima, like you, you have a spirit. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Animal. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're animated. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, because of uh, the, the, the that term is sort of bastardized because of uh, cartoons, I think. But but yes, yeah. anima, yes, is is the root. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is there anything um, is there anything objective about these teams that people outside the team could see or observe? Oh, or oh absolutely. I mean, it like. <clears throat> My my observation and what I what I um, uh, teach people when I do that is, you know, you can feel from the outside um, that you better not mess with a real team. I mean, they're they're a, they're a force of nature. They've got a they've got a superhumanness about them. And you know, with a, with a divided team or whatever, you can manipulate them or do you know, manage, quote, manage them or, you know, whatever, if you're, if you're superior to them in the organization with a real team, you better get out of the way because you're going to screw, you know, I mean, you can feel that, you know, it's, it's, or, you, do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't know if that's exactly objective in the normal sense of the term, but you can certainly experience it from the outside. You can feel their, um, you can sense their um, connectedness and you can sense their, dedication to that purpose and they're not going to let anybody get in the way of that and, and this isn't something that you could you could read off the numbers on some team survey some team you know some some some, some, some measurement instrument this is you, you sense it you observe it as somebody from yeah, the outside yeah yeah i mean you you might be able to, you might be able to see it in the open comments let's say of a survey um you know, but, but yeah, I think the numbers would be, yeah, I mean, there certainly might be some statistical correlations if you dug deep enough, but it, it, I don't think it would be easy to devise a survey that would really ferret that out. I, I don't think I've read anything and in, in, in you mentioned Harvard Business Review. <laughs> I don't think I've read any business school studies or psych studies that were like, the one thing you need for the best team ever is this yeah, sense of... Right. Animus, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> animus. I don't know how we say that in English. <laughs> Animus, animation. <laughs> yeah, it's a sense of something. It's not. It's not really like quantifiable the way we're talking about it, and and, and yet it is objective because you, you yeah. can sense it. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a it's like a charismatic leader to some extent, right? You can feel something coming off them uh, almost. Um, I mean, and I think. Real teams in general, I don't, I've never thought this thought before per se, but it seem like they're charismatic sort of naturally. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. We're, we're aligned on that thought. Yeah. It's like, there's a team charisma from them. Yes. Yes. Like outward from, from the team. Yes. To me, that spirit. Like a spirit. That's, that's, that's the, the, the expression, you know, I'm one of the things Marie and I are into is, uh, science and consciousness and the, you know, the way that consciousness can actually affect the physical world, you know, I mean, established completely beyond a, any scientific doubt. Reductionistic science doesn't want to see it and tries to out, outlaw it. Oh, that's not a, we can't even, we can't even look at that because it's not a valid, it's impossible. So we, we're not going to do an experiment. What? I didn't think that's what right. empirical because we, thinking Because we don't have an instrument that can detect it. It's, you know, but the, but it's they do. I mean, I mean, this Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab, you know, did it for 28 years. And they completely established that, that you could affect, that humans can affect random event generators. Okay. Tell, tell me more. What, what is this all about? Well, um, it's, it's um, you know, it, it goes, it's, it's, it's a new, 
it's not a Newtonian view. We have a Newtonian view of the world in, you know, not in physics so much, but, but there's a reductionistic view in science that, 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 that certain things are impossible and therefore we shouldn't even talk about them. Um, but, you know, I mean, uh, this group at Princeton did, you know, research. They, they created a, a true random event generator that, you know, that did coin flips, uh, the equivalent of coin flips, so that, you know, it would, it would track along a, a, a center line like that, right? And, and they, have, they have a machine that shows you the, the upper limit and the lower limit of where statistical uh, probability is right, and and they have people try to influence where the coin flips go essentially, and you can do it. There's no question. I mean, people don't aren't able to control. They're not able to have a massive effect like they can always do it or they can do it a huge amounts. But a person can definitely go say, I want to go up or I want to go down. You you can think that, and you and you can get better at it or worse at it. Obviously, and groups can do it incredibly powerfully. When they're when they're aligned, and actually a team would almost certainly be able to if you if you investigated a team with this research, you'd almost certainly see that. Okay. Now, now, how how would that happen? How how would a team be that aligned, that together, that 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 tuned? Maybe is a good word. It's a mystery. (laughs) 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 To quote Shakespeare in Love, if you can quote Shakespeare in Love, you should definitely do that. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Then, then how about yeah? Go ahead. How about how about uh, one one or, or or more than one of these these three teams we've been chatting about? Uh, what are some of the concrete behaviors they engaged in that made them the best of the best teams? Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> challenging each challenging each other, uh, ca- calling each other forth um, without without it being like a personal attack or criticism with it being so so you can you can call somebody it, it's it's not easy to um to challenge somebody on their weakness but it's it's a lot easier to challenge somebody on their strength right you you can you know what if you slowed down when you're speaking right now you'd be even more powerful you know that's that's a challenge of strength not if that makes sense um, so, and that's what, what I think real teams do is they, is they, um, in the service of not, I want you to be different, but in the service of, we need you, we need you on this team. And we're not, if you don't raise your game, we're not going to accomplish our goal. That's a very different place to come from, right? Then, then, you know, I don't like the way you, you know, uh, uh, uh style your hair or, or, you know, say certain things. If that that's a person that's an ego thing it's an ego clash right it's not yeah. a, it's not a yeah and it, was that was that an example or are you actually talking <laughs> yeah. to me we'll talk afterwards right <laughs> <laughs> no i was totally making that up um a, a, any other any other concrete behaviors on these teams um yeah i mean i mean treating each other as per- people not not as just cogs um you know, some kind of real appreciation for somebody else's strengths and what they bring, like and, and like really, you know, acknowledging that with each other. That's all that comes to mind. I, I'm sure I'll think of more right after you ask the next question. 
<laughs> right. well, well then, how about the next question? How, how about advice for listeners? How could they reproduce some of the success, get, get some of this for, for their own teams? Well, I think they have to like really uncover um, what's the real purpose of this team that, that, you know, creates some level of a transcendent quality, like, <clears throat> you know, getting the sprint goal done each each uh, iteration is not a purpose. You know, it's it's not compelling, right? You know, creating a, a world class app of some in a certain niche might be a purpose. Um, uh, transforming the lives of some of the people that we serve with this could be a purpose. Um, so, so you know, I think <clears throat> one thing would certainly be t- trying to uncover that and challenging that. If it's not clear, like not, not, not just a, you know, we got to get it done uh, because the boss says, so. that's just not a purpose. <laughs> right. Our purpose is to make the boss happy. <laughs> Our purpose is to help the boss get their bonus this quarter. That's not very motivating. It's constraining and, and it may be a constraint you have to deal with, but it's. All right. A- a- any other concrete behaviors? Any any, any stuff uh, you did on any of these teams that that people could uh, could try to reproduce? Um, well, how, how would they reproduce it? Um, yeah, I mean, we do we do uh, a collective sense making. So um, you know how to like exposing how your mind works in a given situation, um, like like what you perceive. And, and how you interpret that, what you make up about that, and, and being transparent about that is a, um, <clears throat> it, it, it takes things out of the realm of being just uh, personal again and, and, and my preference against your preference. It exposes um, how we each make sense of our world and, and, and potentially how we make sense of our world together. You know, what, what biases do we have? What, what assumptions do we have that we don't question perhaps? So, so being willing to, um, develop each other, not just accomplish the task, but also help each other grow in some way. This, this collective sense-making, exposing to each other, how we make sense of the world. How do we do that? Well, um, you need uh, the the three things you need in a, in a container like this. That is um, uh, tools like practices, like deliberate sense making, um, uh, a uh, a sense of support for each other, a container that cr- creates support, and a container that creates challenge. If you just have support, if you're just trying to make each other feel better. Um, that's you know like the the idea of psychological safety is is potentially really useful and it's potentially slightly dangerous because it because it it's like it can easily go into we can't say anything that might upset somebody sorry that's just not going to work <laughs> i mean that's not the way the real world is it's not the way you're going to get so we can we can create a certain level of safety with a transparency with a with the ground rules, <clears throat> um, with being able to be willing to look at our biases or whatever. But it can't just be support. That's not that doesn't create growth. 
it has it has to include support. It can't just be challenge either, right? So some kind of <clears throat> some kind of creation of a container that that has those qualities, and then and then like I say, exposing um, how we're interpreting the world, how we're making things up about other people's motivations. It becomes transparent, like like a deliberately developmental environment. <clears throat> um, again, uh, Bob Keegan and Everywhere Culture. Um, uh, you know, when when we're doing our job and we're developing each other, both. Yeah. Okay, creation of a container that has these qualities. You know, I'm asking partly for myself and partly for for listeners and viewers. What what do you mean when you're talking about a container? Well, um, like, like what you do in facilitation, you know, in in facilitation, when you're the facilitator, when you're really being neutral, you don't, you're not trying to drive the content. You're not quote leading the meeting. You're facilitating the meeting. You help create a container. You do that by ground rules. You do that by having a sense of people and what their purpose is or, or what the purpose of the meeting is so that there's clarity around that. And you design it in a collaborative way and whatnot. But in, in you, when I create a container, I mean, I use myself. I, the, the most important tool of transformation I have is my own self and my, and my sense-making complexity. If I, if I have a black and white world, that's not very complex internally. Um, if, if I, if I can understand paradox and different points of view, and I use that by modeling it, you know, in a container, uh, disclosing about myself, exposing my own, you know, how I'm, uh, interpreting what's happening, how I'm sensing what's happening. Um, my, my willing to be vulnerable in that way creates safety in the container and creates, it, it starts to at least, um, uh, you know, not being, <clears throat> not being attached to a specific thing, not, not capitulating. It's not just do whatever the team says. That's also a mistake. I think it's, it's not like it's, you know, I, as a facilitator, I don't just ask the group to vote on everything, how we do a process. No, I'm, I'm the process expert there. You know, I got to bring, that's what I'm bringing. <clears throat> I, 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 I tap into, I probe in the group. I get a sense of, of what resonates with them. It's not like I'm doing it in, in my mind, but also I'm not, I'm not putting it to a vote particularly. That is very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What else have you been thinking about lately? What else have you been doing? Is there anything else you want to add on to all this conversation about teams, about anything at all? Well, <clears throat> um, you mentioned the, the integral model um, uh, before, and, and um, that's certainly... Uh, very important. To yeah, I think I think I first learned it from you. I, I know it's not the only thing that that that, that you share with people. I, I I know you didn't invent it. It's something you share. But you've also you also brought it to a different a different yeah, level. Yeah, I, I mean, I really applied nice. it first to the uh, the agile world and you know created a framework, the integral agile transformation framework that's um, that encapsulates uh, that. And the the whole premise of that is um, that. To really deal with a complex world, we ha- we need the ability to take multiple perspectives, because because no perspective is right. There's there's no such thing as God's perspective or the one true perspective. 
there's only different perspectives. And, and the thing that you can say about them in general is that they're right, but they're only partial. You know, like Orsk says, everybody's right, but only partially. That's a that's such a different position to take on the world, right? And and integral helps us see different perspectives, like the four quadrants, I, we, it, and its, like the altitudes, you know, amber, orange, green, teal. Those are all different perspectives. Like holons, those are different perspectives: individual, team, program, uh, organization. Um, and so it's like a certain kind of fluidity or a certain kind of, uh, it's almost like a, um, Aikido or jujitsu or something where we, <clears throat> we, you know, like in Aikido, um, in Aikido, there are no attacks. There are only defenses because it, because you, you don't, you're, you're not trying to start trouble or something. You're, you're trying to end trouble and, and you take it by, you have to take in the person's energy. You don't, you don't go hard against them you you take their energy and use it in a different way and it's like there's something uh for some reason i just thought of uh that with in this conversation that perspectives there's like an aikido with perspectives you, you, you don't have to fight them you don't have to decide whether they're right you have to dance with them that makes sense oh that's interesting oh if i saw the world that way i'd do exactly what you're doing I, I don't see the world the way you do exactly, but but if I did, I could I totally get that. That creates a different you know cre- it creates a transparency or something or a um, <clears throat> yeah yeah I, 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 <laughs> it's agile I, I, and I I love the uh, the uh, Aikido and Jiu Jitsu metaphors. I practiced Taekwondo for a long long time, and we did we did a lot of sparring. Okay, so it's like. Uh, Combat practice without hurting each other, right? Uh, the 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 sessions where I felt the best and we felt the best. It was definitely like we were dancing. It was definitely like we had we had uh, a, a destiny or a shared purpose. It felt sublime. I I would leave the session feeling totally animated. All the stuff we've been talking right. about. Yes, right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We, we weren't. We wasn't like we weren't opponents. Right. It was like we were just doing something really cool together. Yes, right. And, and if and if and if somebody tries to throw you or whatever, it's like you surrender to that. Oh, they 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 they're in the right position to be able to do that. And so that's part of the dance is to ha- is to have a good role. I mean, there's. A, I mean, I mean, I remember you know in Aikido, I had the same experience. Uh, we call it randori uh, in Aikido of of uh, sparring. Uh, um, and usually five people or four people attacking one person, um, uh, which is a really interesting uh, kind of game. Uh, there was, you know, like when you get thrown, there's huge energy in that. It does. It doesn't. Just what you're saying. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like defeat. It feels like dancing with energy, and and it it enlivens you uh, almost more to be thrown than to throw. For sure. Any, anything else to add on? Anything else we should talk about? Well, uh, just just uh, I would be remiss to not say uh, I don't know when this will be coming out, but we have um, uh, this program, a five day program called Master Camp, which is for people wanting to move into enterprise coaching space. Uh, it's a really cool, it really is a cool program. It's really challenging to people uh, in surprising ways, and it just it shifts them in fundamental ways. <clears throat> and then we have a um, uh, Transformation Mastery, a, an eight month cohort program to be 
to become more in mastery of, uh, to, to, to actually demonstrate competencies, not just knowledge. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very in-depth program and that's cool too. The collective edge. All right. These sound great. And, and what was it again? The hyphen collective hyphen edge.com. The collective All edge. Right. The with collective hyphens edge with hyphens. <laughs> awesome. So we'll put that in the, yeah, in the show you. notes. I, there might even be a QR code popping up right now. Whoa. Did you see it? I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, okay. So we've got the dash collective dash edge.com. Um, is there any, if, if people want to contact you personally, is there a way they can do that? Um, yeah, just on the website, uh, info at the collective edge.com. Well, awesome. Michael Spade, thank you so, so much for, for joining us today. This has been such a fun conversation. I really love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed talking to you, Richard. It felt very uh, generative and, um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I, uh, there was a delight in it. Um, so thank you. For thank sure, you. definitely on my side, absolutely. <laughs> it, it was destiny. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> I mean, for, for real, for real. I, I guess that might be what generative means. We, we had some destiny here. Yeah. All right, so we'll wrap up now. Here's here's the standard wrap up. And remember, listeners, viewers, to support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs>